0: on everybody you got Jordan you got Drew we're back with another episode of cover 32 what is going on you guys we are so excited to bring this episode to you guys Drew what's smacking bro nothing much
1: bro you know summertime is hot out getting uh, getting ready for the fantasy season coming up we got some we got a lot of content a lot of episodes coming up so I'm, I'm excited for the direction we're going in
0: I wish you guys could see how hard we're working behind the scenes to provide content of all different sorts for so that way we can please, you know, as many people as possible, because uh, we got a real we have a really wide variety of listeners. Uh, so, like always, if you want to hear something specific, please hit us up in the DMs, the Cover 32 show on Instagram. Um, tell us what you want to hear, what you want to see. If you have questions, Start submitting them to us because we are planning to do a QA and a episode in the future uh, before the season starts. So if you got questions like, man, I can't decide between Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook, hit us in the DMs and we will love to incorporate your question in our Q&A episode. Um, today, though, we are continuing on with our ranking series. And today, we are touching on my boy Drew's favorite position, the wide receiver. So we're going to do a little bit different style of a format that we have done since the the past two episodes. So what we're going to do is we're going to break all these receivers up into their own tiers. And we're going to touch on one receiver that we like and dislike in each tier. So, we're gonna to touch on the. So, we're not gonna get all the way into some of the sleeper guys. So, if you're looking to find out if Justin Jefferson is a great pick, you're gonna to have to tune into the sleeper episode. But today, we're gonna to touch on the first seven tiers. So, let's just get straight into it. Tier one, we feel as if that should consist of Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, and Julio Jones. They're the top three receivers. I feel like it's pretty clear cut. And I don't think too many people will argue with that. Drew, what receiver in that first tier is kind of popping off the page at you? Jordan, come on, bro. <laughs> come on, yo. Is
1: this, is, this a real, is this a real question right now? I mean, yo, do it for the fans. I know, I know. Okay, I'm playing with y'all. But, of course, for me, if you know me, you know that I love me some Julio Jones. Okay? He's my favorite football player probably of all time at this point. Um. Julio is going to pop off the page for me at any point until he says that he's going to hang up his cleats. Um, but especially this year, he would be in our tier one of receivers. Um, and I like him this year because the offense of the Falcons really didn't change too much um, when it comes to to volume for any of these guys. Um Austin Hooper has left, and now they've, they've plugged in Hayden Hurst. Um, we haven't really seen Hayden Hurst play in, in this offense yet, and I'm sure he's going to do great. But And also, we have an emerging Calvin Ridley, who I think is also going to be uh, a stud wide receiver. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter for Julio Jones. He is consistently going to be, in the very minimum, a top five fantasy receiver. Um, he does have some consistency issues when it comes to weekly fantasy so he could give you a 25 point week and then the next week give you seven but his good weeks are obviously uh, are way more valuable than his uh than his bad weeks they, they they outnumber themselves so um julio is just a monster and i would 100 percent take him if if michael thomas and Devonte adams are gone you know julio's there regardless of who is in front of me, I'm probably taking Julio at that spot. So um, I think this offense is just doesn't really have much weaknesses. And Julio is the uh, wide receiver one, regardless of how good or how much Calvin really catapults uh, in receptions, the yards, and touchdowns for Matt Ryan, Julio is his guy. So that's why I'm, I'm high on Julio pretty much every season.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like the, that this first year is hard to, it's hard to say that I don't like someone in this first year because they're so elite. Um, so I totally agree with all your sentiments on Julio. My discussion is going to be on Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is, one, he's a target monster. Um, he is he runs such great routes that he is always available to Aaron Rodgers. And they always say one of the best attributes you can ever have in football is availability on the field and also availability on the play. Um, Devontae Adams, we, we always refer to him as the fade god. He mm-hmm. runs disgusting routes. Um, he's also the clear-cut number one receiver in that offense. And truth be told, he probably is the offense. <laughs> um, you know Aaron Rodgers. We all know Aaron Rodgers to be kind of like a little bit of a girlfriend in the sense that he gets a crush on somebody, and if you're not that person, he ain't he if he ain't vibing with you. You're not getting the ball. But Devonte Adams is that guy. He constantly runs great routes. He runs routes that are just very conducive to what Aaron Rodgers can do right now, and they have great chemistry. So now without Geronimo Allison. The, we have the exit of Geronimo Allison, the entrance of Devin Funches. I think that with COVID and the lack of the off-season, I don't think Devin Funches is going to be too much of a factor. So that really leaves you with what? Devonte Adams and Alan Adam Lazard? Marquez Valdez Scantling? No, come on, let's be serious. Devontae Adams' a target share is going to go up this season. He's going to be incorporated a lot more in this offense. And the only reason Devontae Adams' uh, stats weren't so impressive last season was because he was unavailable for a number of games due to injury. If he's able to be healthy this season, he's going to put up scary numbers, which makes him a very safe receiver to draft in the first round. He has a very, very high floor, but even higher ceiling. Uh, so you can liken his stats a lot to what Julio might offer you because Julio is a relatively safe receiver, but he has a humongous floor. Me personally, I feel like Devontae Adams' floor is actually higher than Julio's, but Julio's ceiling, I think, is higher than Devontae Adams'. Um, so if you're, if you're trying to decide between the two in the first round, what do you want? Do you want a little bit more of a higher ceiling? Go Julio if you're looking for safety and a high floor. I'd, I'd say that you should go with Devontae Adams. Um, so now we said in each tier we're going to name a player that we don't like. So by that rule, that would mean that we don't like Michael Thomas, but that is <laughs> foolishness. Uh, I think that the first tier is just so good that we can't even touch on some, on a receiver that we don't like. Nope. Um, so I think we're pretty safe there. So let's move on to the second tier then where it gets a little bit more interesting second tier consists of Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, and Chris Godwin. Drew, who you liking? Who you crushing on? All right.
1: So I wouldn't say crushing, um, <laughs> but I, I do like uh, D-Hop in this tier of receiver. Um, there's been a lot of reservation because he's gotten traded. So now that he's not with Deshaun Watson and not getting peppered with the amount of targets that he was getting thrown his way in that Texans offense um he was pretty much leading the league in, in and tar- or close to leading the league in targets every single season um and now i i guess a lot of people or some people are afraid that that's not going to be the case in Arizona um that it may be the case that he doesn't get the, the amount of targets but i still think his production is going to be there uh DeAndre Hopkins is a elite wide receiver when it comes to uh actual football, his route running, all of the whatever he can do anything on the field. Um and he has a dynamic quarterback in Kyler Murray, who yet although being young, uh has a lot, has a extremely high ceiling, I think. And that offense is gonna be extremely fast paced, extremely um you know downfield heavy type of offense and that feeds into deandre hopkins game he is a he can run slants and do all the intermediate stuff but he is dangerous all the way downfield especially with his the size of his hands and his jumping ability all that he can do fades as well he's extremely good red zone like he he pretty much has a total package when you're trying to build a receiver he can almost do it all so I think in an offense like that yeah I'm a little reserved at what the the what his target share might be but if he gets even close to what he's been doing he's going to end up a top five receiver again so would I take him over any of the guys in our tier one no but he could go four five six and any of those I'd be happy with having uh, DeAndre Hopkins so I don't really have too much too much worry about D Hop being in in Arizona. He's not going to get all the targets that he did um, with the with the type of offense that they have in Arizona. But he's good enough that he'll he'll make up for it in the long run.
0: Yeah, uh, I like DeAndre Hopkins a lot this season, man. Um, I think, like you said, I think Kyler a young Kyler Murray with a talent like D Hop. I think they're going to do work together. Um, but my player that I like in tier two. Is actually going to be Chris Godwin. Um, so Chris Godwin, he surprised a lot of people last season who weren't paying attention to the previous season. Uh, but I think Chris Godwin came right on time, exactly how he was supposed to. Uh, he's a great talent. He's a great route runner. He's a big target. Um, and now he has an upgraded upgrade at quarterback. He's going to be playing with a goat, man. So I think that only means that his target share goes up even higher than what it was with uh, Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston was a risk taker. He was he was okay with stretching the field. He was okay with putting the ball downfield. I mean, you don't get 30 interceptions without putting the ball downfield. Uh, so but the thing is with a quarterback like Tom Brady, Tom Brady's not taking those type of risks. So that's why I'm a little bit lower this season on Michael Evans but a lot higher on Chris Godwin cuz Chris Godwin is the route runner he's the underneath guy he's the over the top guy he's literally every single thing that you need except for field stretcher that's the one thing that he doesn't do he doesn't have blinding speed um but we've never known Tom Brady to be a lover of those speed receivers who have we seen Tom Brady make you know, superstars out of Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, you know, guys that are great route runners, but are also runners who he can trust to be on time. Chris Godwin is a guy like that who is great at timing routes. He knows exactly where he's supposed to be, when he's supposed to be there. And Chris Godwin, I think, is going to be Tom Brady's number one target. He's going to get a little bit of a crush on him. And I think they're going to do work together. Uh, So Chris Godwin is another player that I think is going to be a safe receiver. He's going to have a high floor uh, with a very good ceiling. Um, But so in this range, I definitely I actually like him the most uh, just because I'm a guy who goes after safety in my first two picks because I need my first two picks to hit. They can't miss. Um, So then. With with this tier being another tier of only three receivers, Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Godwin, it's hard to say that I don't like any of these players. Um, so I by no means do I not like any of these players. But I think I have concern when it comes to Tyreek Hill. Uh, just the boomer bust factor of Tyreek Hill is a little bit concerning for the price that you have to pay to get him. Um, you know, you're spending a First round, second round pick on him, depending on what, how your league shakes up. And that's a lot to spend on a guy that is going to get you, you know, a 160 yards, two touchdowns one week, but could also end up getting two targets the next week with two receptions. You know, that's scary, man. And I don't I don't like that. But the pro- the thing with Tyreek Hill is the reason he's up so high is because when he booms, he booms. He booms hard. Uh, but when he busts, then it's, 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 it's a little bit of a bigger of a bust because you're sitting here saying I spent so much to get him. I can't afford him to only get me 10 points. Uh, so there's, that's the only concern that I have with Tyreek Hill. But like I said, when he, he is such an explosive receiver that his boom warrants him being in that tier too. uh, drew, you got any concerns about anyone in this tier?
1: Yeah, I'm the same um, the same as you with Tyreek Hill. Um, he, of course, is one of the best receivers in the league. It's just that that, that offense, um, Patrick Mahomes doesn't really favor anybody. And you could say that about a lot of offenses, although we haven't seen the Tampa Bay uh, offense yet. Brady might favor somebody in the office. We really don't know. I would guess it would be Chris Godwin. But we already have seen with Kansas City that Patrick Mahomes doesn't really favor anybody it's just that Tyreek Hill when a big play happens he's usually on the other end of it so that's why he's so valuable in fantasy um, or in football I should say but in when it comes to fantasy yes he's valuable because of what he can do Um, but it's it's more it's almost he's more hit or miss than a guy like Julio would be because Julio sometimes doesn't have disappearing acts but where you draft a Julio Jones, you're looking for him to get consistent points every single week. And he has some of those games where he only gets, you know, three catches and, and thirty yards or something like that. Um and and he's not not that big of a touchdown guy. Um and Tyree Kill is even worse when it comes to when it comes to that. He can win you weeks, but he can also not help you win weeks and and some points. But when he like you were saying, when he has a week, you're probably winning. If he if Tyreek Hill goes off, you can pretty much count that as a W. If you're not an idiot with your lineup, Tyreek Hill goes off, you should be good. Um and it's just kinda it's it's hard to, to see his numbers when he's placing he's not placing in the top twelve of receivers every single week. So that would be my only drawback, but at the end of the day, he's a tier two r- wide receiver for us. One of the best in the league. Um, we gotta kind of nitpick in the top two tiers at this point, but um, but yeah, that would be my only gripe with him is that he's not as consistent because of the offense that he's in.
0: Yeah, so like like I said, it's no it's no real like I don't like Tyreek because I've done a ton of I've done a ton of mock drafts where Tyreek is my number two, and I love that team. Because that's what Tyreek is. Tyreek is a superior number two receiver on your roster. As a number one, you're a little scared. Uh, So just draft with that in mind. So let's move on to tier number three. Tier number three, we got Odell Beckham Jr., Allen Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kenny Galladay, and Amari Cooper. So now I think when you hear those names, there's a little bit more risk baked into a couple of these receivers. So I think we can finally let loose a little bit (laughs) and talk about some guys that we don't like. Uh, But before we do that, I'm going to speak on somebody that I do like. And I've been getting so many shares of this season. I'm extremely high on Mr. Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju, I think, is going to have a massive bounce back season. He's got Ben Roethlisberger back. He is out of that ugly, wide, wide, wide position. Uh, He's back in the slot where he's supposed to be. Juju was just never meant to be a number one wide receiver. He was not meant to be on the exterior. Uh, His talents are best used in the slot where he's going to play against nickel corners and linebackers, and he will eat them up every single day of the year. Um, Just to remind you, in 2018, Juju put up 1,426, 1,426 yards with seven touchdowns. That's, what the, that's, that's the potential that this man can offer you. So don't let the season that he had before fool you. He was playing with two quarterbacks who you wouldn't even dream of drafting in any realm. And he was, be, he was an exterior receiver. In no world is that the Juju that we actually know. Juju, is, I think, is going to bounce back to his 2018 form, um, and I think he's going to be a target monster, being that he is the number one receiver in this offense. But now he's going to be working out of the slot, working against weaker defensive players. I think he eats. I think Ben Roethlisberger comes back, and to build Ben Roethlisberger's confidence, he's going to go to someone that he's already built chemistry with. And that's going to be Juju. Look for Juju to have an explosive first, I'd say, four to five weeks. I think he's going to be a very hot item in the first four to five weeks. Uh, And I think he'll come down a little bit more down to earth throughout the rest of the season. But while Ben is getting back into shape, I do think Juju is going to be a massive recipient of his work. Uh, And so where he's going right now, he's got third round value. Which is massive to me, uh, because I think he offers—I truly think he offers tier two upside. But he's going in uh, tier—he's going in tier three, round three. Uh, so I think he's actually a huge steal in the third round. Um, Drew, who who you like? So I'm a huge fan uh, in this tier of Allen Robinson
1: of the Chicago Bears. Um, just off a t- well If you break it down to this, he came into the league in 2014, and he was in Jacksonville from 2014 to to 2017. So that's four seasons of almost nobody playing quarterback position. And in 2015, so his second season, he was able to accumulate 80 catches and 1,400 yards for 14 touchdowns in 2015. So in the next year, he got 73 catches, and almost nine hundred yards. So in his early career he was the number one in Jacksonville. And they had Alan Hearns, uh, a point in that conundrum of a Jacksonville team that they <laughs> that they had. But um he's consistently been a very solid receiver. Two thousand seventeen he was uh injured, didn't really play much at all. Got I think he played, yeah, he played one game and had a catch for seventeen yards. But um Last year, 2019, before I even give you the stats on Allen Robinson, he had 154 targets. So for a Bears offense that didn't really change much other than their quarterback position, of course, being Mitch Trubisky uh, and Nick Foles now. I think I think Mitch Trubisky is going to get the starting job just because with the virus and the lack of um, preparation that they have for training camp and everything like that. Trubisky has a good hold on the offense. He knows what's going on. He's been there. Um, and I think if he's the starting quarterback, Allen Robinson sees those targets again. Um, nothing changed for them at the running back position. They still have uh Montgomery and Tariq Cohen. Uh, so I don't see a reason for the targets to be to to drop off. 154 targets is a lot. But even if that drops to 130 targets, he still he still could be a extremely solid wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside he had 98 catches last year for 1147 yards and seven touchdowns um he's 6'2 he's a extremely solidly built guy um he's got wheels he can run he's more of a downfield guy but he can run anything you need him to run and i really like him being the number one because we don't really know what we're getting out of the bears this season uh their defense is solid but I personally think that we know Allen Robinson is going to get all of the the targets at the wide receiver position. I don't really see a threat from uh, Anthony Miller or any of those guys that are next to him. Um, so I think I'm I'm a big fan of Allen Robinson this year, and I I would be drafting him with the thought that he could end up being a uh, wide receiver one for you, and he f- he finished as the wide receiver seven last season. So he definitely has the potential to, to creep up into that uh, tier two of receivers for us, uh, fantasy-wise.
0: So now we got to talk about somebody we don't like. Um, and then this tier, it's, it's still a little bit hard to say that I don't like someone here. But uh, I definitely have more concerns about Kenny Galladay. Um, I don't think that that offense is good, man. I think that offense is misled a little bit, and I don't think that they're—I don't think that they can sustain what they've been doing with Kenny Galladay. So he's had two thousand-yard seasons already. But if you were to pay attention to those seasons, they were very quiet thousand-yard seasons uh, because his numbers came in bunches. He had big games, but if you were ever a owner of Kenny Galladay, you also knew he had very weak games. Uh, and those weak games came a lot when you least expected it. You know, there were times where you would look at Kenny Galladay, for example, last season, Philadelphia Eagles, their defense was, that was that was prime for any, any receiver that went against them, you start them, because they're liable to go off. Kenny Galladay is playing against the Philadelphia Eagles offense, and he does not perform. But guess what? Marvin Jones does, (laughs) you know, and so that's what I think is where it's tough with Kenny Galladay is the presence of Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones, I don't think is a great receiver, but he's just good enough where he keeps robbing Kenny Galladay of a lot more work that could put him in the tier two. I think he's a tier two talent, but he's just not getting that work. Um, I think that this season we're going to start to see a little bit of that curse actually take hold, and I think Kenny Galladay takes a little bit of a step back. I don't think – I I don't know if this is a bold prediction, <laughs> but I don't think he hits another 1,000-yard uh, season this season. I think that um, he's – I mean, you, you look at the numbers, 11, 1190 yards last season and 11 touchdowns. There's no way he's repeating that this season. But you're drafting him at his ceiling. You're drafting him, expecting him to hit 1190 with 11 touchdowns. So is it really worth it? I don't think Kenny Galladay is bad, but I don't think that he's going to reproduce numbers like this this season. So my dislike for him is solely off of, the, of how high he's going. He, if you were to tell me that you got Kenny Galladay at the start of the fourth, I would say you got a steal. Uh, but oh, yeah. somebody going in the late late second, early third. I think that there's some other guys out there, like we've already mentioned, that you can spend that capital on. Uh, Drew, is there anybody here that you don't like?
1: Um, not not really. We got again, just to recap the tier: uh, Odell, Allen Robinson, Juju, Kenny G, and Amari Cooper. Um, no, there's not a whole bunch. I think Odell bounces back, like. Just to touch on this, isn't a guy I don't like, but just another guy that I'm I, I kind of do like. So we'll go in the middle on this one. Um, I think Odell creeps back into that tier of where he should be based off of his talent. Um, I just think he he might be going a little bit. No, he's going. He's he's kind of a bargain wherever you take him at this point. Um, Just because of his his sheer talent and then the Browns getting a new offensive or revamping their offensive line to a degree, getting a new coach, Um, Odell still had 1,000 yards and 73 catches last year. So it's not like it was a bust. It's just a bust for the caliber of player that Odell is. So I think if they just tweak a couple things, and I also think that Baker Mayfield has Uh, a season more similar to his rookie season as opposed to a second. Um, I think getting Odell around that area of where you can grab Allen Robinson, Juju, and Kenny right now um, is good. I I do have a couple of those guys ahead of Odell in that tier, but I do like Odell's uh, upside to be a fantasy stud again. He could easily, based off of talent, I think he's one of the top five talents in the league at wide receiver he can literally do everything and he was killing it in new york He was arguably the best receiver in football for a minute so um if they can fix just a little bit of the browns and he can get more than 73 catches in a thousand yards you're looking at a potentially number one receiver on any fantasy team in any league that you're playing in so um but other than that no i don't i don't see too many guys that i that i don't like in this in this tier. So, I guess
0: tier 4 is up next. All right. So, tier 4 then consists of Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, and AJ Brown. AJ Brown. <laughs> um, Drew, what are your thoughts on this tier? Who do, who do you like? All right. So, I am
1: also very happy if i can get robert woods uh in any of my drafts at this point um they don't have the the rams do not have brandon cooks anymore um they don't have to try to force feed a todd Gurley because now he's on the falcons so they're trying to figure out their back well they have their backfield figure out but it's going to be a somewhat of a committee so they're not a running heavy team by any means um, and Robert Woods has been extremely consistent at the wide receiver position uh, 2018 he had 1219 yards for six touchdowns last in 86 catches and last season he had 90 catches for 1134 and two touchdowns now could he get a few more touchdowns yeah sure and I think that that is what's making me so um not high on him but a great value of where he's going right now, because he's going to score more than two touchdowns this season. There's no with no Todd Gurley and no Brandon cooks at this point, he's going to score more than two touchdowns. Um And Robert Woods is really not one of those receipt or one of those players. We like get excited about that. He's on the board. It's just Robert Woods. Like, okay, yeah, the Bills drafted him and now he's on the Rams. Yeah, he's a solid receiver, but nobody ever thinks of Robert Woods as being like a, a flashy guy. He's not even flashy on the field, but at the same time, when you're playing fantasy, you don't really need him to be flashy. You just need him to get the numbers. So, and that's exactly what Robert Woods does. He's he's pretty much a robot at receiver. He's gonna get you the catches. He's gonna get you downfield yardage, and what I think is he's gonna improve in his touchdown numbers. Um, so yeah, 90 catches last year. I think that has a possibility honestly to go up um with no brandon cooks uh cooper cup obviously is the other receiver who could put up just as much uh just as good of numbers as robert woods can but i, I feel like robert woods is the safer of the two um just because we've seen more out of him being able to put up 80 plus catches in over a thousand yards every season so where his current adp is um i really like uh robert woods and i would be ecstatic if he was if robert woods was my number two and in some scenarios i wouldn't even mind him being my one but that's if i'm going extremely running back heavy in a certain scenario like that but i'm completely content with robert woods being number two i think i've started my draft off pretty good if robert woods is my
0: second receiver yeah i like robert woods a lot too um you know what is robert woods is another high floor guy um who like you said his ceiling isn't massive but his floor is high enough where you know exactly what you're getting from him week in, week out. And like you already stated, the numbers that he put up last year, there's no way that he puts those numbers up again. It's only going to go up. So at a at a, at a tier four, fourth, you know, late fourth, early fifth round, I consider that a steal. Um, so on the same note of players with high floors – I my player that I like in tier four is actually Adam Thielen. Um, I think Adam Thielen has is another player that's going to have a bounce back season. Last year, only putting together four four hundred and eighteen yards, but for six touchdowns. Like that's kind of crazy when you think about it. (laughs) Like that yard to touchdown ratio is kind of (laughs) crazy. So obviously, that like when you look at those numbers and you think of the story that that tells, that tells you that there was issues. And as we all know. There were issues with Stephon Diggs. Uh there was they were force feeding, trying to, you know, trying to force feed Stefan Diggs last season. And that led to the offense being a little bit unbalanced. Um, but the fact that Adam Thielen was still able to come at it last season with six touchdowns and still mi- and missing six games, that tells you that he is still the focal point. He is still someone that is extremely included in this offense and is very incorporated around. So I think he bounces back this season and goes back to his old form. Uh, 2017, he put up 1,200 yards. 2018, he puts up 1,300 yards. Uh, he's got himself with 13 touchdowns between the two seasons. I think that we're going to get a little bit of that back. Um, You know, Adam Thielen is a touchdown monster, you know. So from 2007, from 2016 even, he put up five touchdowns, four touchdowns, nine touchdowns, and then last season was a bad season and still put up six touchdowns. Uh, So with Stefan Diggs being gone, there's less, there's more targets to go around Uh, Obviously, Justin Jefferson is there, and he's going to be someone who absorbs a lot of those targets, but I really don't think that he absorbs all of what Stefan Diggs is leaving behind. So I think that means that Adam Thielen's target share goes up. If his target share goes up, his opportunities for scoring touchdowns goes up, and as long as he can stay healthy. So there is a little concern baked into into him. Uh, You know, Back injuries, those are scary things to come back from, Um, but... If he looks good, man, I think that Steph, I mean, I'm sorry. I think that Adam Thielen could end up being a massive steal, um, someone with a very high floor. Uh, and so, you know, that allows you to draft a little bit more risky in your earlier rounds. If you're somebody that wants to go after someone like Tyreek Hill and then come around and get someone like Adam Thielen with a high floor, I think that makes your team pretty balanced. And I,
1: I like that take too because. Yes, Stephon Diggs is gone, um, and they added Justin Jefferson, but Justin Jefferson is a rookie, although a very good rookie. He's a rookie, and that that Stephon Diggs is vacating, that vacates 66 catches last year on offense. So even if they incorporate Dalvin Cook into the passing game a little bit more, and Justin Jefferson gets some of that action, I still, I really don't see all of that getting dispersed like 30 and 30 to Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. Those 66 targets got to go somewhere. And with a healthy Adam Thielen, you said he, he missed, what, six games six, last year? yeah. So in the games that he played after his injury, he wasn't at 100%. He was literally just kind of out there being a decoy at that point. Um, so it's it's almost like he played less and he still had – like the, the beginning of his season was like, okay, he might end up wide receiver one in all of fantasy. He had six touchdowns through the first six weeks of the season. Like it was insane. So I think the dig's departure is really big for Adam Thielen. So I I, I like that take. I, he could he could catapult himself too.
0: Yeah. So like I said, if you if you want to build some, you know, baking some safety into your uh your wide receiver roster on your team so that way you could take some more risks in the earlier rounds then Adam Thielen is your guy. You know, if you want to go, you know what would be disgusting, man? If you were able to go like Tyreek Hill, Juju, and Adam Thielen, Shh. oh, man, that is a disgusting lineup because <laughs> you got the upside of uh, of uh, Tyreek Hill, but you have the safety of guys like Juju and Adam Thielen. Uh, so always incorporate you know, some of that into your draft strategy. Um, when you're drafting receivers, you don't want to draft all safe guys, but you also don't want to draft all boomer bus guys. Uh, you want a good balance of both. Um, so now in this tier, tier four, once again, Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, A.J. Brown. I think the player that I'm going to pick on right now is going to be Mike Evans. I spoke about it a little bit earlier when I talked about why I like Chris Godwin. The reasons that why I like Chris Godwins are also the reasons why I don't like Mike Evans this season. Uh, Mike Evans is a field stretcher. He's a big target. He got a lot of work downfield. And like I said before, he got that work because Jameis Winston is willing to take those risks and put the ball out there. And he came up, he ended the season with 30 interceptions. You're not going to get that from Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. He is goat Brady. If you think that he's coming to Tampa Bay to just kind of, you know, sit here and lollygag, you are dead wrong. He's coming here for a chip because he wants to prove that he can do this without Bill. So with that being said, he's not going to take unnecessary risks down the field. He's going to calculate every single throw. And Chris Godwin is going to be the recipient of a lot of that. Which leaves Mike Evans with very little share of that pie for himself. He's going to get work. I, I like. I. I won't. I won't deny any of that. I do think Mike Evans is going to get a lot of work, but it is not what you think he's going to get. Not enough to warrant him going in the late second, early third. Like that's just that's too expensive of a price to spend on someone like Mike Evans. That offense is riddled with talent you know they they made comments about ronald jones and how they want ronald jones to be more incorporated in the offense in the past game and that they brought in shady and shady shady even said himself that he's here to just be the old head to kind of guide ronald jones and this is ronald jones team none of this sounds like mike evans is going to be getting a ton of work Be honest with yourself. When you heard that Tom Brady was going to the Buccaneers, which receiver did you think was going to benefit the most? We all said, wow, after that season that Chris Godwin just had, Chris Godwin is going to go off. No one said Mike Evans was. Mike Evans might be a recipient of some of that, but not enough to warrant where he's going. He is in our tier four. But the problem is, is his ADP is putting him way too high. If you're able to get Mike Evans somewhere in the late third, somewhere in the fourth, then I would say that that is worth the pick. But right now, if you think if you're trying to decide whether you should go Mike Evans with your number 25, 30 pick, I'd say that you are going to regret that by the end of the season.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on that. I like – obviously, Mike Evans is one of the best – again, one of the best receivers in the league. Uh, he came into the league in 2014 and has never not had a 1,000-yard season. Um, so that's – he's in the in the conversation or in the, the list of receivers, a very small list of receivers that were able to do that, and that's like Randy Moss, Julio Jones, um, like guys like that. Like he's in – goat talk when it comes to to receivers and uh Brandon Cooks is also one of those guys too that hasn't missed as a thousand yard receiver since he's been drafted but um he I do think he's gonna get a thousand yards again it's just his ADP is like it's it's too high for me right now based on that because we haven't even seen that offense we don't know Brady doesn't he spreads the ball around but at the same time when you have weapons like this he might he might pick a favorite in what most football people that are watching these games and watching Brady for all these years, watching Chris Godwin or seeing what he was able to do on the field last year, you would lean towards a guy like Chris Godwin getting more of the work as opposed to Mike Evans. Um, and and like you were saying, like Mike Evans is a downfield threat. And I don't know if Brady's going to be looking to go downfield as much as Jameis Winston was because Jameis Winston just throws it, closes his eyes and throws it up in the air. It's, he, he's like, oh, Mike Evans is down there. I know he'll be able to catch it probably. Like he just, Tom Brady's not doing that. He's trying to win games. He doesn't care about fantasy points, nothing like that. So that's my only concern with Mike Evans is that we haven't seen this offense and they have a lot of bigger threats with Gronkowski. We don't even know how much he's going to be able to do. They have really good tight ends over there, Not like not even counting Rob Gronkowski, so – uh, there's just a lot of mouths to feed. And with Mike Evans being the big down threat guy, it's like, yeah, he's going to get he's going to get targets and stuff, but they're going to be boom or bust targets like, oh, he's running nine. He's running to eight. I'll throw it to him if not. And if they're throwing a lot in the offense, he's not going to get as much touches as you think. So Chris Godwin's is going to be the guy. Mike Evans is going a little bit too high in most drafts for uh, me and Jordan at this point. Um, but definitely still, he's a he's a safe number two. But he, Mike Evans, at this point is no longer uh, a number one fantasy receiver on a team.
0: So, we'll move the show on and we'll touch on tier five now. We're we're moving through these tiers. <laughs> uh, tier five consists of Tyler Lockett, Cooper Cup, Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, DJ Chark, and AJ Green. Um, so who do I like in tier five? I spoke about him before, and it's gonna be Terry McLaurin. Uh Terry McLaurin had a really good, really quiet season. Uh he started off the season loud. We all were (laughs) like, Oh my goodness, yo, Terry McLaurin. And then he kind of tapered off. And then but what happened was while he tapered off and fell underneath the radar, if you didn't own Terry McLaurin, you didn't see the work that he was doing on such a bad team. This team, by no means, is going to be good this season. (laughs) The offensive line has gotten worse. There is no receiver behind Terry McLaurin. The running back situation just got even worse with Darius Geis exiting. What is there to this team? The most talented person on this team is actually Terry McLaurin. So although Terry McLaurin does hold Tier 3 upside and Tier 3 talent – because he's on such a bad team, he does find himself in our Tier 5. Now, if you're able to cap off your wide receiver squad... With a Terry McLaurin, you know, you go get yourself a wide receiver one, and let's just say Devontae Adams, you come around, you're able to get somebody like Juju, and you're trying to look for somebody that has some upside to cap off that team. Terry McLaurin is a great receiver for that. Uh, he is not going to be somebody who is going to put up fantastic numbers all the time, but he's going to have games. He, you know, he's going to have seven games throughout this even, this season that will win you your week. Uh, and then he's going to have games that are a little bit more mediocre, but uh, you know a lot of a lot of players like to stay away from boomer bust players. But boomer bust players have a place in fantasy football. Uh, you know you don't you don't win by just walking around and you know toting safety all hmm. over the place. Uh, you need some guys that are going to put up some points some weeks, and Terry McLaurin is one of those guys. Um, so for his price, I actually like what he offers me. Um, you know, you get him in the fifth round, sixth round, sometimes been on your league. Uh, and I am comfortable with that. I'm comfortable getting somebody like Terry McLaurin. Like I said, baking in the concern of what team he plays for, uh, baking that into his price. I, I do think that tier five is a good place for him and is uh, worth the pick. Drew, who you like?
1: So I am... This is probably the receiver that I'm most excited about this season, Um, regardless of his ADP, regardless of a lot of factors when it comes to your draft days. um, DJ Chark of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, So just to give a little bit of his bio, DJ Chark is 6'4 and 198 pounds. So he's not even 200 pounds. He's 6'4 and has lightning speed for a 6'4 guy. Um, He is the clear-cut number one receiver in Jacksonville. Um, Yes, Gardner Minshew is his quarterback, but for fantasy, Gardner Minshew is not the worst you can do at quarterback. He had more top 12 finishes than Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Drew Brees last season. So let's pump the brakes on the Gardner Minshew hate because he's not not that terrible. He's obviously better than Blake Bortles, but we'll, <laughs> we won't go there on that dude. But uh, DJ Chark to me, he had 73 catches last year for just over a thousand yards. I think, uh, yeah, a thousand and eight yards and eight touchdowns. The Jacksonville is so bad of a team; like their defense is terrible. Like they're just such a bad team that literally all they have on offense is Leonard Fournette and DJ Chark. So with him being extremely young receiver, he's only 23 this is only he only played his second season last year um and he did have an ankle injury I believe last season at some point um but re- regardless of that, if you get a healthy DJ Chark... yeah, so he missed one game for because of a, an ankle injury but a healthy DJ Chark in all 16 games with that type of team and you know they're gonna be coming playing from behind a lot because their te- defense is so bad. He's gonna eclipse seventy three catches in a thousand yards, like astronomically. Like he, there's, I don't know how you can cover anybody that's six four and has speed like that and is the number one guy. Other than putting safety help over the top, but he's good enough to to beat all that. So, this may or may not be a hot take. I think DJ Chark finishes in the top ten for fantasy scoring this season. Um, I really like his potential i've seen some of his clip i haven't watched a whole bunch of jacksonville games but i've seen his clips on youtube i like the way you know he he plays from a a football perspective um how he runs his routes and everything and I, i just really think it's it's it comes down to volume like there's no other there's no other place for those receptions to go like yeah they they Jaguar signed uh, Chris Thompson, who's a pass-catching running back, but he's running behind Leonard Fournette, so he's not going to be on the field as much as people would think. Leonard Fournette is the running back guy. If they're going to throw the ball, it's going to DJ Chark. So I think he has an extremely high ceiling, um, an average floor level at this point, but if you can get him, DJ Chark, as your third receiver, you're at least going to the playoffs. I don't know how you drafted the rest of your team, but if you got a DJ Chark at wide receiver three, you were doing really good things because he could finish in a 12 team league. He could finish as somebody's number one receiver on their team.
0: So then you like DJ Chark. Uh-huh. Who don't you like in this, in this tier? Oh man. Um, who don't I like?
1: I'm not a huge fan of AJ green. Um, A.J. Green, of course, when healthy, is... oh, I don't even know where to rank him in real football at this point as a, <laughs> as a receiver. I haven't seen him in two yeah, years. Yeah, I haven't seen... Yeah, exactly, but... No, he's a, he's a top-ten talent in the league when he's healthy, A.J. Green. Um, He just... I don't know... I don't really know what we're going to get out of him with having a new system of of team in the Bengals, system of offense. Um, and now with the... Somewhat emergence of Tyler Boyd, uh, Joe Mixon, and, and Joe Burrow being the rookie QB. I don't know if one he stays on the field, and if he's on the field, is he the elite number one that we know him to be when he's on the field? He just he just concerns me a little bit. Um, I would t- that's that's my only that's my only concern is that his his injury history and it's just a new offense. Um, I don't mind him being my. Uh, third receiver or if you play two receiver being at your flex spot Uh, I just don't know what you're going to get from him week to week because we don't really know about no the only sure thing that we know about the Bengals is that Joe Mixon is going to get touches and touchdowns and possible reception numbers going up Um, but other than that it's it's kind of hit or miss for that offense so for AJ Green yes he would be the the number one in most scenarios on that team, I I don't know. He's not going to be a number one on a fantasy team. So I would be comfortable with him at a flex or with him as a wide receiver three, but not much more than that. I would take all of these guys that we have in this tier over AJ Green.
0: Yep. I think I'm in the same boat as you. So. I think that makes our my, my job pretty easy. We'll carry on to tier six, which I like this tier, man. I actually like this tier better than tier five. <laughs> uh, tier six consists of Devonte Parker, Cortland Sutlin, Sutton, Keenan Allen, Tyler Boyd, Stefan Diggs. Um, so I'll go and hit on who I like. I like, and you've probably have already seen this by the our write-up that we uh, did this uh well, I don't know. I don't even know what day it was. Spring. <laughs> yeah. Sometime this week. Oh yeah, this week. Yeah, yeah. Um I did a write up on Devontae Parker. I like Devontae Parker this season. Um, especially like I said, his price is wonderful. And what he offers, I think, is going to be great. So um if you read if you haven't read my write up, I like Devontae Parker, one being that he was a very solid receiver last season, giving everything that Miami put him through uh, through you know not starting some game, you know games through one week, one through six. He didn't start every single game. Uh, and then the quarterback play was very back and forth. You know we had Fitzpatrick one week, Rosen another, Fitzpatrick again, Rosen another. It went back and forth so much. Uh, and they finally settled in with Fitzpatrick. We got an injury to Preston Williams, which, you know, you never wish an injury on anybody. But it did a lot for Devontae Parker's value. And the stars aligned, and Devontae Parker ended up becoming a stud. I think this season we're going to see a, more of that. Fitzpatrick, you know, he still has competition with Tua now being uh, in the lineup. But we, as far as we know, Fitzpatrick is going to be the starter. And Fitzpatrick is actually a good uh, facilitator of fantasy viable receivers. Every single team that Fitzpatrick has been on, whether you like him or not, he's produced good fantasy receivers because he's a lot like Jameis Winston where he will take the shots. Uh, and Devontae Parker is just such a young talent, man. Um, Preston Williams is coming back. It's looking like he's going to be ready for week one. Um, but I, I, as good as Preston Williams, I think Preston Williams is. I think that he might have a slow start. So Devontae Parker is still going to be there for, you know, the chemistry that he already has developed with Fitzpatrick Um, and going at tier six, getting him, you know, in the sixth round, seventh round, you might be able to now, you might be able to go running back heavy in the first rounds and come back and cap off your team with a Devontae Parker. I don't mind that one bit. I think that's actually a great team. Uh, So his value makes him actually a really good pick at this uh, tier. Uh Drew, who do you like? <laughs> um, so I actually switched up before
1: uh the pregame show and we were going over uh you know just some stuff we were gonna talk about on the episode. I actually like Stefan Diggs more than I thought I was gonna like him. Um he has the opportunity, so let me just go over some of his stats. In 2018, he had 102 catches for a thousand yards nine touchdowns. Year before that, he had 849 yards, eight touchdowns. And last season, um, had 1130 yards and six touchdowns. So he has had over five touchdowns the past three seasons, and that's with Adam Thielen being there. Um, Now he goes over to the Bills, which, yes, it's a, a run-heavy team, uh, defense-first, run-the-ball type of offense. I think that their reasoning or some of their reasoning for trading for a guy like Stephon Diggs is to open up their offense. So Stephon Diggs is considered one of the best route runners in the league. And I think that greatly benefits uh, himself, of course, that offense and uh, Josh Allen. Now, Josh Allen didn't have anybody last year to really chuck the ball down the field to. Um, John Brown was one of those guys, but he's not He's not as much of a threat as Stephon Diggs was. And he had Cole Beasley, who was a inside the numbers uh, route runner slant type of guy, um, a reception type of receiver, a possession receiver, I should say. So with Stephon Diggs now being on the bills, I think his numbers from last season, even with those games that Adam Thielen was playing, he eclipses those 60 catches that he had last season. He eclipses the 1,100 yards, I believe, because I don't, I don't see who else Josh Allen. And you got to think about it, too. Josh Allen ran for nine touchdowns last year. He's not going to repeat running for rushing for nine touchdowns the next season. There's, there's almost no way he does that. So where do those touchdowns go? They could go to the running backs, but they also could go to this new weapon that they have in – Uh, and Stephon Diggs so I think that's what's going to happen and I think he is uh again one of those extremely safe number three receivers or flex spot receiver just based off the fact that he's a number one receiver in an offense that although they don't they're not pass happy they can be because we know Josh Allen probably has the strongest arm in the league other than Mahomes and a couple other non-top-tier guys at this point um extremely strong are he can throw it it's just the way that that team set up and the way of how he plays quarterback he runs a little bit more but i like stefan Diggs. uh in this setup a lot of guys really don't think he's gonna do much uh you know, some people don't really consider him as a number one receiver but the way that this team is aligned i think he does have success um so i think of him as a high number three receiver on a team with a um with a low
0: wide receiver two ceiling or maybe a mid-tier two ceiling for Stephon Diggs? That's actually a really good take. I I also like, like Stefan Diggs this season, man. I think he's going to, at the price that you have to pay for him, I think that you really can't go wrong with him. Um, someone I do think you can go wrong with <laughs> is actually Cortland Sutton. I'm not a big Cortland Sutton believer um, because, uh, you know, Cortland Sutton for me, and I've owned him for two seasons straight now, And he's had the opportunity to become the number one twice. And, you know, so we had Demarius Thomas got traded uh, two seasons ago, I think it was. And everyone was looking at Court Sutton to be the guy. He did not become the guy. So we gave him a pass and said, all right, well, he finally got a whole season underneath his belt. Let's see what he can do this season. This has got to be the season where he becomes the guy. And he still does not. So I think that he has a. I think he has a low ceiling. I think we've seen what Cortland Sutton can do, and all Denver has done is added another receiver into the mix in Jerry Judy, uh, who is a, in my opinion, much more talented receiver than Cortland Sutton, uh, and now will threaten Cortland Sutton's target share. Uh, so at tier six, no, I don't like Cortland Sutton at all because I do not think he returns value to your investment. Uh, is there anything here that you don't like, Drew?
1: Yeah, uh, Sutton wrong with Courtney Sutton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of him either. Um, but the guy I'm even less of a fan of is, I hate to say this, but Keenan Allen. Um, I'm really not high on him this year. First of all, he's talking crazy on, on Twitter and stuff. <laughs> talking about he's better than uh, Mike Evans and Tyreek and all like all these random dudes that he knows he's not better than. Um So, of course, he's probably the best route runner in the league. But just the situation that they're in, um, they have Tyrod Taylor as their starting quarterback. And I don't like that one bit. Um, I'm in no way, shape or form a fan of Tyrod Taylor for fantasy or real football. Um, And I I think Keenan Allen needs, although he can make separation off off of his breaks and his route running, I think he needs a guy like Phillip Rivers who can literally just put it on on the numbers or put it in the right spot for Keenan Allen. And this offense and team and it's just it's kind of messy over in wherever they are, L A. or Ve. I don't know where the team is are at this point, but yeah, L A. (laughs) So I I just don't like the situation for him. Um, He could be a he could be a, a three, I guess. I just I don't know. I'm not gonna be to put it simpler. I'm not gonna be excited if. Keenan Allen is one of my needs at wide receiver on my team. It's just I would rather go in a different direction than Keenan Allen. He's superbly talented, but just his situation is just not good. And it would be different if he was a running back because running backs literally get the ball put in their hand. But because he has to get the ball thrown to him, either way you cut their quarterback uh situation between Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert. Not a huge fan
0: of that, so I, I'm, I'm good on Keenan Allen this season. So we finally move on to our final tier of the episode tier seven, who consists of Will Fuller, Jarvis Landry, T.Y. Hilton, and Brandon Cooks. Uh, Drew, who is it in this tier that you like? So the guy I
1: like is somebody I've mentioned before in this uh, episode, actually is Brandon Cooks. Um, I like Brandon Cooks because now he's again gets put with a quarterback that can throw the ball down the field and Brandon Cooks is a, a downfield threat. Um again, he's one of those guys that hasn't since he's been drafted, hasn't missed a thousand yards uh in in a season. He's always eclipsed the thousand yard mark. Um I think he does that again this season. Uh even with the receiver uh group that they have, um in Houston right now I still think he ends up being the one and I still think that he gets uh, all the the targets that he needs to get you know 60 at least 65 70 plus catches and over a thousand yards again um and his ADP right now is I think is extremely low and I, I think it's just because of whether he was injured the year before or he just keeps getting he get, keeps getting bounced around from team to team. Um, I really don't understand that either. I guess he's just trade bait because he's extremely consistent. If you want something else on your team or got to get rid of uh, cap space or whatever, you ship him off. And he does the same. He does the same exact thing every single team that he's been on. With the Patriots, uh, with the Rams last season, with the Saints where he started, and he's played with Brady and Breeze. So you know he can do uh, do it with Deshaun Watson. Um so I I wouldn't say I'm really high on, on Brandon Cooks. I just like him the best out of this tier. So if you can get him in round 7 round 8 um as maybe a flex spot or so or or trade bait or just somebody to stash on your bench, that's a really good a really good bargain right there.
0: Yeah, I like Brandon Cooks too and I also like the other side of that Houston offense in Will Fuller. Uh, Will Fuller has gotten the rap of being the boomer bust receiver who was never available to you. Um, I think, so what changes in his situation now with D hop leaving is one thing that's for sure is a little bit of his bust is going to be taken away. He's still got that same boom, but he's going to have a lot more target opportunities. Um, and I think we're going to be able to see what will fuller can really do under a, an increased workload the concern and the reason why he's in tier seven is because of his injury history. Uh, You can't turn a blind eye to that. He is available to on average, I don't know, maybe like eight to 10 games to uh, he's, you know, he's available per season and you don't, you know, no one likes that because he's such a wild card. But if you can get Will Fuller as a flex receiver who can sometimes work his way into your actual lineup, um, Then that, you know, his his concern is baked into his cost and Will Fuller might be able to turn around and return your investment in him. Because um, think about it last season, man. He had like, I, f- I forget what it was, like a 50 point game where he put up like four touchdowns and almost 200 yards. He might have broke 200 yards. I can't remember. Uh, and then the next week, he dropped three touchdowns. <laughs> you know, that's just the, the boomer bust with him. He is the prototype boomer bust yeah. receiver because when he booms, he booms. And when he busts, he busts. Um, but I do like him this season because without, uh, without D Hop, there's an opportunity for him to incur more, uh, more, more workload, more target shares, and uh, we can see what we what he can do uh, if he's, you know, not he's kind of like a one and a half. He's like a receiver one and a half right now because Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller together are are trying to take up the space that D Hop is leaving behind. Um, but I like him, man, because, like I said, i I've, I talked about a couple guys that I consider safe. I also want to make sure that I talked about a couple guys that are boomer bust because I do think it is important that you work in some boomer bust guys into your roster. Um, so then, for the guy that I don't like at this uh, at this range is definitely going to be T Y Hillen. And it, it's tough saying that. I probably was just as hard for you saying Keenan Allen. Uh, but yeah. these are these are like these are you know, these are guys that we grew up watching, and they were top ten receivers yeah. all the time. We yeah. watched them, and they were top ten receivers. And now we're talking about concern with them at <laughs> at, at, at tier six and seven. Uh, but there is concern with T.Y. Hilton because once again he has not been available as much as you would like him to be over the course of the last two seasons. And the team is just a little bit concerning. Um, the team wasn't good la- at all last season, and all they've done is, g- is gone and traded for a washed up uh, Philip Rivers. Who I don't know what his his mission is. Maybe it's a vendetta. Maybe he's trying to prove that he still got it. But all of us as football fans are looking, and we're saying, "Yeah, we're you're at the end, bud."
1: Yep.
0: Um, so if the if the quarterback play isn't going to be there then TY Hilton's ceiling is capped uh and that's why he is in the tier 7 uh because TY Hilton has not proven to us that he deserves to be higher in a couple seasons now um so there's there's concern with him also the offense is kind of all over the place uh the run game is all over the place with Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack and Naheem Himes. um so it's just it's it, there's no guarantee in this offense and as talented as T.Y. Hilton has been, we don't know if that's the T.Y. Hilton that we're going to be getting this season, nor do we know if the quarterback play is going to be able to support the T.Y. Hilton of old. Um, Drew, is there anything that you don't like in this tier?
1: Um, I'm not a huge fan. I wouldn't say I don't like him. I, I agree with you on T.Y. Hilton, Um I'm not really crazy about Jarvis Landry. Um, Of course, if you're playing PPR, he's more of a value. And I think most or more than half of leagues are now PPR or at least half PPR. Um, But he's a reception machine. Um, I just think that a lot of those receptions this season are going to go Odell's way. Uh, They have Austin Hooper now. And also to Kareem Hunt um who is a pass catching running back. So I think if Jarvis Landry's reception numbers drop just a little bit, it kind of puts him in a in a bad spot fantasy wise. Um and he's going to be he's going to end up being one of those plug and play guys. Um he could sneak into like an everyday wide receiver 3 for a fantasy team or an everyday flex spot. Um I just don't like the the volume that he could be seeing this year and yeah, he had a lot of receptions last year, and he, he always does. He's always in the top five in the league for receptions um, per game and per season. Um, I just I'm comfortable with where he's going right now and where he's going. It would put him at a barely at a wide receiver three for a team. So I'm not not that I hate Jarvis Landry. I love his game and everything and his potential. I just don't see the volume for him there. Uh, this season with the amount of weapons and the productivity that the Browns could have. I just think the production is not going to go his way.
0: Yep. I agree. Uh, I did. Like I said, I can only touch on one receiver that I didn't like, but Jarvis Landry is the other guy uh, that I'm not too crazy about for literally all the same reasons (laughs) that you said. Maybe that's why we do a show together. (laughs) Well, folks, that's the show. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, please go like, share, subscribe, follow us on Instagram at the Cover32 Show. Uh, we have so much more content coming for you guys. We have a couple more shows planned uh, before the season officially starts. Uh, and one of those episodes is going to be a Q&A. So, like we said, if you have questions, this or that questions, um, if you want to give us a range of running backs, range of receivers, and you don't know who you should target, Please hit us in the DMS. We are always listening. Uh, we Drew is our 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 manager, and he is always um, nearby to answer any of those questions. But we would love to answer those questions on the podcast. Give you a shout out. Uh, so please hit us up with anything that you guys have. Um, I don't know anything else you got, Drew.
1: No, that's it. We got um we got a tight end episode coming up next for you guys. Um. And then we're going to try to hit that, hit that Q&A episode, I I think, next. But we'll probably sneak in probably a joint mock draft probably down the road before the season starts just so we can manage one team. Not time to just see how we do on that. Um, but we got a lot of stuff coming up. we got giveaways coming up, as we mentioned before. Um, just a lot of stuff. I mean, the, the season's coming up, man. So we're, we're getting excited. We're getting ready. and hope you guys are continuing to listen to us. And then especially when the season is here, uh we're probably pumping out episodes probably at least three a week at this point because there's just just so much so much stuff going on with covid with you know actual games being played guys breaking out is there's a lot of
0: a lot of show to be done so we'll just just stay tuned we'll be there for you so more of the story don't go nowhere <laughs> we have so much coming for you guys we are a family-friendly podcast so please share us with everyone uh so anybody that's looking for a podcast that is clean we are your guys. Uh, that is our endeavor. Uh, so please keep keep shouting us out. Keep hitting us up. Keep engaging with us. We love hearing from you guys. There's so many of you that hit us up with questions and hit us up with just comments and, and uh, expressing appreciation for episodes. Every single one of you guys, we don't get a chance to say it. Thank you so much. Uh, because without you guys, we are literally nothing. We <laughs> are not Cover 32. We are Cover Zero. <laughs> but... um. But thank you so much. Once again, we'll say, like Drew said, we'll be coming at you guys with a tight end episode where we will be bringing our boy once again, Sidney Dawkins, who is a tight end himself. (laughs) S-Dot. S-Dot. So he'll be able to provide a little bit of insight from the tight end position. But until then, I've been Jordan. We've had Drew. Thank you so much from Cover 32.